1: Salem Media Group.
0: With SRN News, I'm Rich Thomason in Washington. Secretary of State Pompeo says renewed sanctions on Iran that go back into effect at midnight are an important pillar in U.S. policy towards Tehran. Well, the
2: sanctions are back in place after having been eased by the Obama administration under the terms of the 2015 Iran nuclear deal. President Trump decided in May to withdraw from the accord. Pompeo says the sanctions will be rigorously enforced and remain in place until the Iranian government radically changes course. Pompeo says the Trump administration is open to looking beyond sanctions, but adds that would, quote, require enormous change from Tehran. He said Mr. Trump is intent on getting Iran to, quote, behave like a normal country. Jeremy House reporting. Stocks have turned mixed
0: on Wall Street. Right now, the Dow is down about 65 points. Well, the Nasdaq is 11 points higher. And the S&P up a fraction. This is SRN News.
3: August is National Children's Eye Health and Safety Month. Eye injuries are a leading cause of vision loss in kids, with about 42,000 sports-related eye injuries occurring each year. Remember to provide your child with proper protective eyewear for their sports or recreational activities. Learn more at sites like
4: friendsforsight.org or yoursightmatters.com. This Wellness Spotlight is brought to you by Wellness Radio 1570.
3: It's Wellness 1570. We've got Like It Matters Radio starting in just a moment as we kick off your 9 o'clock hour on this Monday morning. Happy Monday, kicking off the work week. And looking at our active weather forecast, it's going to be mostly cloudy today, but we'll get sunny a little bit later. High near 83 this afternoon, partly cloudy, 63 overnight. Slight chance for showers tomorrow, otherwise partly sunny and the high in the low 80s.
5: That's your active weather forecast from the Eagle Wellness Studios. Hey, welcome to our show. Hey, and we got some news.
6: Premier Pool and Spa is having a truckload sale. Does that mean there's just one or two of them are on sale? Because that's all that fits in my truck, eh?
5: Did uh, you
6: just fall off a truck? Yeah, that's why I talk like this, eh? No, that means that all the hot tubs and swim spas in the inventory are all on sale, plus the next two truckloads, and they're all on sale. And if they don't have what you want... They can build exactly what you're looking for, and it'll be on sale too, eh? Well, shouldn't you wait for all the summer fair sales because everyone says that's the best time of year to buy, eh? Hey, remember the people have to pay to have a booth at the fair, and then when you look at the deals, it includes that cost in there, so it's not really a deal. So why wait till another time when the deals now are just as hot as the weather? Buy now and get what you want when you want it at this big truckload sale. Visit Premier Pool and Channesson today, premierpools.com. Premier Pool and Spa, where we take fun seriously, eh? Take off. Are you looking to change your cleaning service? Hi, this is Jessica
3: Carter, and I'm the owner of CTC Professionals. We specialize in cleaning offices, car dealerships, and small businesses. One of the main things that makes us different is the fact that we are small, family-owned, and that enables us to offer affordable pricing. The first thing that I will do is meet with you do a walkthrough of your facility, go over in detail what exactly you'd like done, and I ensure that it gets done at every cleaning. We use a detailed checklist, and we pay close attention to detail, and you're going to see that after each cleaning. So here's a no-risk offer for you. Try us free for one week. We'll clean your business, and then we'll ask you if you can tell the difference between what we do and your current cleaning company. No obligation, risk-free. We're CTC Professionals. We would love to clean your business. So call me today at 651 132 Giving
5: your computer problems a boot,
7: Arby's Computer Service.
8: Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I'm your blessed radio host, your Radio Life Caddy, and you can call me Mr. Black. And today on Like It Matters Radio, there is no better place for you to be because today we're going to go to the core, we're going to go to the foundation, we're going to go to the bedrock, the solid rock that everything else is built upon. And today, We are talking about existential. Isn't that a great word? Existential. And so you're going to want to lock up the next hour of time and just park right here. Let me move your mind. Let me get you emotionally involved with your cause. Let me stir you up. So as you go out there today, you're a better boss, a better coworker, a better spouse, a better parent, a better friend, a better sibling, whatever you do in life. And if you stumbled on this radio show, you might want to lock this up, make this standard operating procedure every day for an hour a day. Uh, you join us on this radio program every day from Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, replayed from 5 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time on iHeart Radio. This is where like-minded people come together. Those of us who want to be more, those of us who want to do more, those of us who want to live a life of significance. That's where we are. That's what this is about. That's what I think it was Gandhi or Buddha, one of those guys, said that be the change that you want to see in the world. That's what we're called to do. On this radio show, we don't complain. We don't just talk about things. We do things. I want to inspire you. I want to give you hope because you have a better future than you're at today. I want to educate you. Because our mind is the only organ in our body that never has to deteriorate. It can grow and get better with more use. And I want to give you something today that you can apply. Something that you can do today that makes today better, different than yesterday. And something you can do tomorrow that makes that day better or different than the day before. That's what we call continual improvement. And we are in many local audiences as well. We are in the Minneapolis-St. Paul market. Uh, You can go to the AM dial, AM 1570, TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com. You can live stream with them. We are local in the St. Louis area on 95.1 FM and 1260 AM. Praise the St. Louis Gospel Experience. We are in Richmond, Virginia on, uh, what is it, 1290 AM and FM 103.3. And please help us get in every area. We we have a syndicated show. We are heard throughout the world on iHeartRadio. But we want to be in every local community because, ladies and gentlemen, if we're going to change this world, if we're going to change our world, we must change our thinking. And so if you miss any of the show, go to likeitmattersradio.com, likeitmattersradio.com, and you can listen to this show uh, and also um, any other show for the last four months that we have archived on their podcast form. And please, uh, you can go to likeitmattersradio.com or you can go to iTunes iTunes, now you can subscribe to this show, uh, and so you just got to subscribe, and every day, you'll have our radio show and podcast form on iTunes under likeitmattersradio.com. And so today, I want to talk about existential. Now, I love words. I, I want you to understand uh, ology. Uh, O-L-O-G-Y or L-O-G-Y. What does this mean? You see it all the time, etymology, cardiology, uh, eschatology, you know? And so what does ology mean? Ology is the field of study. It is a branch of knowledge. It is a scientific study of a particular subject. And let me tell you, I love ologies. I love them. I love them. And two of my favorite ologies, number one is eschatology. Uh, And that is the part of theology concerned with death, judgment, and the final destination of the soul and of humankind. I get stirred up with eschatology. That's why I do wayofthewarrior.blog. Uh, that's why I do a, a Sunday Christian radio show on, um, on Twin Cities Wellness. I'm sorry, not on TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com. On AM980TheMission.com. AM980TheMission.com. Every Sunday from 9.30 to 10 a.m. You can listen to me on, on a show called Like It Matters by the Book where I basically support everything I teach, everything I believe, everything I share scripturally through the Word of God. But my second ology I enjoy is etymology. Etymology is a study of the origin of words and the way in which their meanings have changed throughout history. It is the origins, what words mean, because a lot of people use words all the time that they have no concept of what they mean. We hear it all the time of someone going through a divorce court. Well, if you love me, you do this. Well, if you love me, you do this. Well, if you love me, you do this. See, there's that word love. It has different meaning. Love is a normalization. You cannot put it in a wheelbarrow. So to you and me, we could both say we want to be loved, but we could have totally different definitions. For some of us, it might be something we see. For some of us, it might be something we hear. For some of us, it might be something we feel. But we're all using the same word love, but it has many different meanings. matter of fact, when you read the Bible, Perfect example. You know, Bible is is translated from Aramaic. Hebrew and Greek. The Old Testament is majority of Hebrew, but there are some because the language of the day was Aramaic. And so uh, there's some Aramaic, and most of the New Testament uh, is in Greek because that was the language of the day during the times of the New Testament when people were living it, uh, so they wrote it in Greek. And so when they translate things, they don't have an exact English word, so they have to get something similar or transliteration. The word love, when it's defined in the Bible, read in the Bible many times, is really uh, many different words. It's uh, phileo, uh, it's storge, uh, it's agape, uh, there's eros. All those things could be translated as love, but when we hear love, it's one word. But trust me, agape love is much different than eros love, and phileo love is much different than eros love. There are different loves. Phileo love is much different than agape love. Uh, That was the question in the Bible where Peter was asked by Jesus three times, do you love me? God was using two different words. I mean, God was using one word, and Peter was using a different word. God was talking about agape. That's what Jesus meant. But Peter was talking about phileo, much different. And so the most defined word in the English dictionary, I always like to tell people this, because it's just a neat fact, is set. The word set, S-E-T. So let me cover existential. I don't know where I got this from, but it's a great piece. The word existential combines the two words existence and essence. Existential. And this etymology tells us what an existential question is. A question concerning the essence of what it means to be alive. Such as, what is the meaning of life? What is the meaning, in other words, essence of existence? Who am I essentially? What is my true nature, my true essence? What is my true identity? What is my greater purpose? How should I live my life? What is death? What happens when we die? Is there a God? And if so, what is his or her nature? In a world of moral ambiguity, a world of many gray areas, instead of moral black and whites, good versus evil, how do I make moral choices? How do I choose between two competing bad choices? Or how do I choose between two competing good choices? These all come down to existentialism, existential meaning. And at the point of absolute crisis, the protagonist realizes he or she has no one to turn to for answers but him or herself. And so we got to make these choices. So an existential crisis. Most of us don't walk around every day asking these questions. We just go about our day simply existing, simply surviving, simply on autopilot, just going through the motions. But for nearly everyone, there will be times in our lives when the surface meaning is stripped away, usually by some tragedy, separation from those we love, or by our daily numbness of our daily routines. And so we got to get this. For example, let me give you an example. If you define yourself as an athlete, And therefore, being an athlete is what gives your life meaning. You'd probably face an existential crisis if you were injured. Or you simply grew old and could no longer compete in your sport. Or maybe you're deeply, deeply in love and have planned the rest of your life around somebody, only to learn that they don't love you at all, that they lied to you, that they've been cheating on you. The same thing happens for those who define themselves find their deepest meaning in as a parent, and then their children all move out and they're not needed anymore. It's an empty nest. Or are you a soldier fighting a war for what you were led to believe was a people who you would be greeted as a liberator and a hero, but you learn they actually hate you and want to kill you. So existential crises force us to ask ourselves what our true nature is, our true meaning, our true essence as a human being. In other words, you got to know who you are. You got to know why you're here. You got to know who you are, and you got to know why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day, and do it again and again and again. So I am Mr. Black. You are under construction on the Like It Matters Radio Network, existentially.
6: Listen to the impact of Leadership Awakening on Pastor Don Delich. Leadership Awakening is a very unique and dynamic 46 hours packed with energy, enthusiasm, and challenges. It has taught me to maximize my opportunities. My goal is to be the best that I can be for Jesus Christ and to inspire others to commit their entire bodies, souls, minds, and spirits to God's calling for them. My priorities are to serve the Lord first, my wife next, then my family, followed by all others who connect with me. Leadership Awakening provides tools to enable us to focus our skills and to love blessing many lives. Please consider Leadership Awakening. To check out the dates and locations of upcoming Leadership Awakenings, go to likeitmatters.net slash events. That's likeitmatters.net slash events.
1: Hi, it's John Wichko, owner of Advantage Autoglass. Advantage is having a great year, and I'd like to thank everyone who's taken advantage of our service. And if you chose to wait for drier roads and warmer weather, they're here. Now is the time to get that cracked windshield taken care of. You've been staring at it day after day. Why wait any longer? Call Advantage Auto Glass today at 952-423-6396 and we'll replace your windshield with only the highest quality parts and adhesives. Advantage will come to your home or work, anywhere in the metro, we're a local, family-owned company, and a preferred shop for all major insurance companies. That means you'll get personalized service and we do all the billing all backed by a lifetime warranty. All you do is call Advantage first and we'll take care of everything. So call us today at 952 423 423-6396 or visit us on the web at replacemywindshield.com That's replacemywindshield.com
4: If listening to Mr. Black on Like It Matters radio is not enough if you need more of him here's one option for your Mr. Black fix.
8: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy, and you can call me Mr. Black. And please, if you do Facebook, please like us on Facebook. People need to know we're out there. Ladies and gentlemen, what's different about America, what's different about our family, what's different about our world is what we believe. Majority of our experience in this world is unconscious. You've heard the phrase we only use three to five percent of our brain consciously. I've heard the number as high as ten to twelve percent for a self actualized person. The highest level of learning is something we call unconscious incompetent. I mean unconscious competence. Many of us drive home on a regular basis from work, from something we go to on a regular basis, and we don't even think about it. We're driving home, and our mind is somewhere else, but our body's stopping and turning and blinking. And then we we wind up at home, and we weren't even aware that we were driving. We were mentally somewhere else. We're in autopilot. We're in a self-induced trance. We are unconscious. And so, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to live your life like it matters, you must get out of the pastor's seat and get into the driver's seat. And if uh, you read the book, Mozart's Brain and the Fighter Pilot, you'll learn from a medical doctor that there's one organ in our, uh, in our body that never has to deteriorate. There's one organ in our body that the more it is used, the better it gets, unlike every other organ. And that br- organ is your brain. And so we've got to keep exercising our brain. And so I love ologies. Ology is the field of study. Ology is a branch of knowledge. Ology is a scientific study of a particular subject. And one of my favorite things to study is words. My background's in neurolinguistic programming, linguistic, how are words affecting? They're coding, their programming. So etymology is the study of the origin of words. It's where words come from, what words mean. You know, I'm pretty good with words, it's one of my gifting. In all fairness to my wife, I feel bad for her sometimes because I am so good at words. I don't mean to use my words as a weapon, but sometimes she'll get very frustrated with me. And I'm sorry, honey, if this bothers you, I'm sharing it, but I think it's a good example. Uh, Because I'm so good with words, I listen well to the words that people use. And because I know meanings of words, she'll use a word, and I'll say, "Really?" And then I'll break down that word. You feel this way, and then she'll say, "Well, I, I didn't really mean that word." And 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 I always say, "Well, I'm just listening what you're saying. I, I'm just taking what you're saying. If I can't listen to your words, and I can't, and, and it's it, we get in this quandary sometimes, and it's really my fault. I'll take ownership of it because I need to be a better man, a better husband, a better a person." But but it's frustrating because I do want to know what someone's saying. And I do want to understand them. And the only way we can do that is our words. But yet there's a lot of people out there talking, using words. They have no idea what they mean. But they're thrown around and then blaming and accusing and challenging and destroying other people with words that have been redefined. It's like the word racism. Somehow this world has taken the word racism now and changed the meaning of it. Racism is to use race in the deciding factor in anything. If I, if I hire someone or fire someone because of their race, I'm a racist. If I like someone or dislike someone based on their race, I'm a racist. If I want to kill someone or, or make love to someone because of their race, I'm a racist. Don't you see it? But yet somehow people who want to use this word as a tool to destroy other people say, you have to have power, to be a racist. Well, Barack Obama had power. He was the President of the United States. So was he a racist? I mean, do you see what I'm saying? I mean, when you start challenging these things, they don't make sense. But some reason, logic doesn't matter anymore. We just say what we want to say and we can't challenge it. So I love the study of words. So existential. Existential combines two words, existence and essence. And this etymology tells us what an existential question is. It is a question concerning the essence of what it means to be alive. In other words, what is the meaning of your life? What is the meaning, your essence of your existence? That's what this world means. I mean, that's what the word means. And one of my, whenever I think about this, I always think about one of my favorite stories in the Bible. A story about Esther. If you don't know this, it's part of the Old Testament, the original agreement, the original covenant. uh, And it's uh, it's about this woman named Esther. And I think it was uh, 478 BC. uh, Esther, who was a Jew, uh, became queen of Persia. Previously, she was a member of the harem of the Persian king, and I'm not sure if I'm saying this right. Ahasuerus, Ahasuerus, who was also known as King Xerxes. That's an easier one to say, King Xerxes. But when the former queen Vashti fell into disfavor with the king Ahasuerus, the king chose Esther to be his wife and queen. And the the reason why the story of Esther fascinates many people, and I've read it hundreds of times over and over, and still can be in awe of this young woman's obedience, See, God's hand was so evidenced in the orchestration of this beautiful journey, uh, and her silent following of God's will was met with favor and influence. Yet this entire book, the entire life of Esther, the entire essence of the story comes down to a single moment that could have changed the course of not only her story forever, but history forever. Because Haman, if you read the book of, uh, of uh, Esther, Haman was one of the originals. You know, one of the people who wanted to wipe off the Jews. You know, you had, uh, you had the Pharaoh in time of Moses wanting to kill all the boys so that Moses wouldn't be. You had uh, Herod in the time of birth of Jesus that wanted to kill all the young boys under two years old. You had Hitler. You had Haman. You've had many people want to destroy the Jews off the face of the earth. And Esther was around... And was a central player when Haman, one of those that wanted to wipe off the Jews, was actively involved. And see, Esther had the opportunity to help save her people. And she could have easily walked away, scared of the risks she would need to take. But Mordecai, her uncle, saw God's purpose in Esther's life. And in this moment, this crossroads in the book of her life and the book of Esther itself, Mordecai's words proclaimed truth, leaping off the page and stirring our hearts. And he said, and who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. It's actually a quoting from Esther 4.14. It says, if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. But you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. And this really is what existential is about. Why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day, and do it again and again and again and again? If I was to say a few names like Mother Teresa or Gandhi or Winston Churchill, I'm going to tell you right now, for those of you that are learned when I said each one of those names, you would have a, a word, a, a picture, something that popped up there. Like for Mother Teresa, we would see her existential reason for being was service, for Gandhi. Existential reason for being would be peace. For Winston Churchill, ex- existential purpose would be leadership. That's why I love the poem by Ellen H. Gates called Your Mission. It says, if you cannot, on the ocean, sail among the swiftest fleet, rocking on the highest billows, laughing at the storms you meet, you can stand among the sailors anchored yet within the bay. You can lend a hand to help them as they launch their boats away. If you are too weak to journey up the mountain steep and high, you can stand within the valley while the multiples go by. You can chant in happy measure as they slowly pass along. Though they may forget the singer, they will not forget the song. If you have not gold and silver ever ready to command, if you cannot toward the needy reach an ever open hand. You can visit the afflicted. Over the airing, you can weep. You can be a true disciple, sitting at the Savior's feet. If you cannot, in the conflict, prove yourself a soldier true. If where there are fire and smoke are thickest, there's no work for you to do. When the battlefield is silent, you can go with careful tread. You can bear away the wounded. You can cover up the dead. Do not then stand idly waiting for some greater work to do. Fortune is a lazy goddess. She will never come to you. Go and toil in any vineyard. Do not fear to do or dare. If you want to fill the labor, you can find it anywhere. And that's why you got to know who you are. You know, I send out a daily text to hundreds of people. You go to wayofwarrior.blog to get it, wayofwarrior.blog. If you go to the bottom of that page and hit follow, uh, it'll email it to you every single day when I I submit it, every single day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And in that text, I always address the people reading the text in three ways, warrior, leader, and conduit, because those are truly the three existential positions of someone that wants to live a life of significance. Warrior. We're about fighting the good fight. We gotta fight for the innocence of our children. We gotta fight for the sanctity of our wedding bed. We gotta fight for our purpose. Even uh, Kraft and Nabisco gotta fight the Keebler elves for shelf space. We gotta be warriors fighting the good fight, not with guns, but with logic, with emotion, with time, with trust. And then we consider a leader, because you're either a follower or a leader, and people are looking for people to follow. Where are you leading people to? Are you just following what everybody else is doing? Or are you going to places that people have never been before and saying to other people, follow me, because I'm going the way of significance? And then there's that vessel called a conduit. You know, there are basically only two vessels we can be in life. You're either a conduit or a cistern. You're either holding on to everything that life has given you, lots of people pouring into you, you're holding on to it, or you're a conduit, you're a pass-through agent. You've been blessed so that you can be a blessing to other people. Don't you see all three of these roles keep going back to that existential question of who are you, why are you here, what's your purpose? If today was your last day on this planet, did it matter one bit that you were given the gift of life? And when your life comes to a blaring end, when it's all said and done, When all that's left is to be talked about, how will they remember you? What are those things that people will remember you by?
7: Here's what business owner Ken Johnson had to say about the impact Like It Matters Leadership Awakening had on his employees.
1: Since then, they have been on fire. They have been committed as a team, absolutely changed. They are energized in a way that is is off the charts
7: Go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class in Minneapolis, September 13th through the 15th. That's likeitmatters.net, Leadership Awakening. We don't take applicants, only commitment.
6: Montessori, an educational model that is founded on the premise that all children are natural learners with curiosity. Hand in hand Christian Montessori specializes in one to one learning instead of one size fits all.
5: homeschool students
6: love learn and lead call 651-784-7988 or go to hihcm.org
7: did you know approximately 980 minnesotans will be diagnosed with pancreatic cancer this year only 88 will live to see the year 2022
8: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio Radio. Like It Matters Inspiration, Education, and Application. I am your blessed radio host, your blessed mythocast. I love that. Mythoclast. I am a breaker of myths and things that are not true. Trevor, true therapy. True therapy. Right? That's what we're doing here. We're challenging the lie and replacing it with the truth. And today, we are talking about existential. Existential. In other words, why are you here? What is your purpose? Why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day, and do it again and again and again? I could say the name of certain people, and when I say those names, you would think of a certain thing. If I was to say Madonna, you'd have a uh, something real quick. If I would say Mother Teresa or Gandhi or Winston Churchill, you would think if I would say Prince, boy, you would see the, the existential reason for their life. In other words, what did they poured their life into? Uh, Mother Teresa, you would probably say service. Um, Gandhi, you would probably say peace. Uh, Winston Churchill, I would say leadership. That's what existential is. It's your reason for being. Think about this. One of the America's fondest legends, is that of Johnny Appleseed, a folk hero, a pioneer apple farmer in the 1800s. And there really was a Johnny Appleseed, and his real name was John Chapman. He was born in Leo, Minister, Massachusetts in 1774. His dream was to produce so many apples that no one would ever go hungry. Did you hear that? His purpose for being. His dream was to produce so many apples that no one would ever go hungry. Although legend paints a picture of Johnny as a dreamy wanderer planting apple seeds throughout the countryside, research reveals him to be a careful, organized businessman who over a period of nearly 50 years bought and sold tracts of land and developed thousands of productive apple trees. His adventures began in 1792 when John was 18 years old. He and his 11-year-old half-brother Nathaniel headed west following the steady stream of immigrants. In his early 20s, John began traveling alone, which is how he spent the rest of his life. Nathaniel stayed behind a farm with their father, who had also immigrated west. John continued moving west to Pennsylvania. From there, he traveled into the Ohio Valley and later Indiana. He kept ahead of the settlements and each year planted apple seeds farther and farther west. He always carried a leather bag filled with apple seeds he collected for free from cider mills. Legend said he was constantly planting them in open places in the forest, along the roadways, and by the streams. However, research suggests he created numerous nurseries by carefully selecting the perfect planting spot, fencing in with fallen trees and logs, brushes and vines, sowing the seeds, and returning at regular intervals to repair the fence, tend the ground, and sell the trees. He soon was known as the Appleseed Man, and later he became known only as Johnny Appleseed. I mean, he made friends with many Indian tribes, was known to have learned many Indian language well enough to converse. He lived on food provided by nature, and he never killed animals. Though appearing poor, he was not a poor man. He accumulated more cash than he needed by selling his apple trees and tracts of land. He never used banks and relied instead on an elaborate system of burying his money. He preferred to barter and trade food or clothing rather than collect money for his trees. He was more important, uh, it was more important to a settler plant a tree than pay him for it. Isn't that incredible? He knew who he was so much that it was more important for a settler to plant a tree than pay him for it. See, that's existential. When you know why you're here, what your purpose is. You know, one of the people who advertise on our show is the Kingdom Builders. Uh, I'm, I got a phone call into them because I really want to meet them, really enjoy uh, hearing them. And I've been listening to their co- uh, their commercials on my radio. So I've been doing it for two and a half years and probably about a year and a half, maybe a year ago, they started advertising on my show. And what I've noticed lately, one thing I love is they're very clear on who they are, whether you like it or not. That uh, They're out there proselytizing. They're out there sharing the word of God. Uh, they're not salesmen. Uh, they're great roofers, but that's really not why they do what they do. They do it to spread the word of God. Just a great company. and looking forward to uh, probably having these gentlemen on my radio show. But I've listened over the last couple uh, weeks, month, uh, and they've changed their commercials. And I re- they were talking about this pineapple story. Uh, and I so I had to look up this pineapple story. It's just a really uh, a great story. Otto Koning was a missionary in New Guinea. He worked among a native tribe that had known only their village ways, and one of those village ways was stealing from others. That was if you if you, you if you saw something that you needed, you took it. You know, I mean, it was very primitive, and that's just one of their beliefs. And when Otto and his wife arrived and moved into a hut, the natives often would come by to visit. And so the Konings would notice that after the natives left the missionaries' home, various household items had disappeared. They saw these items again when they went to preach in the native villages. So they knew that this was their stuff that was stolen from them. Now, one of the ways that Otto could fund his missionary work was he was a farmer. Because you got to have a trade. You know, Paul was a maker of tents. Uh, Peter was a fisherman. You got to fund the missionary. What's the old saying? Uh, uh, what is it? Salvation is free, uh, but ministry costs money. So you got to figure something out to, to make money to survive while you're sharing the gospel. And so he was a farmer. And the only fruit Otto could grow uh, on his farm on that island was pineapples. And Otto loved pineapples. He took pride in his pineapples. However, whenever the pineapples began to ripen, the natives had a need for food. So they would just go and steal them. And Otto could never keep a, a single ripe pineapple just for himself. And this was frustration. Not only was it frustrating, but he became angry. Because he didn't have a lot of production. There weren't people accepting Christ. Uh, you know, people were stealing his food. People were stealing his ways to make money. And he started questioning God, started wondering, oh my gosh, what's going on here? Am I in the wrong place? What's going on? And all during his, the seven-year period in which all his pineapples were being stolen, uh, Otto continued to preach the gospel. But not a single conversion. So think about this. Seven years. Uh, not a single conversion, what you're there for. Uh, everything you're planning, your way to make money, uh, your favorite food is all being stolen. Can you see how someone start wondering, am I in the wrong place? Am I doing the wrong thing? Maybe I've missed my calling. And you got to get this. The more the natives stole, of course, think about this, the angrier Otto became. Finally, one day Otto had a German shepherd dog flown in from another missionary just to protect... His pineapple garden. He was getting frustrated. He was getting angry. He was getting bitter. And boy, I heard this on a show I was once watched. Said, Boy, a man of God that cannot forgive is not really a man of God. But this continued to frustrate him more and more and more. And this further alienated the natives from him. Do You see how it's actually making things worse. At one point, though, Otto took a furlough. He went back to the U.S. and attended a conference on personal rights. And at this conference, he discovered that he was frustrated over the situation because he had not given it to God. He was still wrapped up in what he wanted, still wrapped up in his own worldly way of thinking. And so after much soul searching, he decided the answer was to give this garden to God because he realized he was there to serve God, not to serve himself, not to make money, But he realized his existential purpose, he was a slave to Christ. And so he realized that he needs to just give this to God. Just let it go. Let God be God and let him be forgiving and let him actually start living what he's preaching to these people. So he gave his garden to God. And so now the natives continue to steal, but he told them, I give him my garden to God. And so whoever steals these isn't stealing from me, you're stealing from God. And so he'd start preaching this. But yet they kept stealing things. And soon the natives started having problems among their tribe. And they it was kind of like a Jonah moment. They believed that Otto was the reason for their problems because he gave his garden to God and they were stealing from his garden. And so technically now they realized that they were stealing from God. And so the natives saw a correlation between what Otto had done and their own lives being affected by calamities in their village because now it had different meaning what they were doing. And so when God, Otto gave his garden to God, he no longer got angry and was free from worry. The natives realizing this, that they were now singing against God in their belief, the natives started bringing him fruit from the garden because they didn't want any more calamities to come into their village. And the light came on one day when a native said to Otto, you must have become a Christian, Otto. You don't get angry anymore. We always wondered if if we would ever meet a Christian, they said, because they had never associated Otto with the kind of person he was preaching about because his message did not line up with his life. It was incongruent. What he was saying he was about and what they were seeing was two totally different things. And so he had to go back to figuring out who he was, why he was there. Why was he in New Guinea? Why was he going through the the pain and suffering of being away and being in a, a poor country? See, Otto was broken in spirit when he realized that who he said he was and the way he was showing up did not match. It was incongruent. He had the old proverbial come to Jesus moment. And at the end of seven years, he witnessed his first conversion. After realizing who he was, after asking and answering those existential questions, why am I here, what's my purpose, and then realizing he was missing the mark, he made some changes so that his actions were aligning with his stated existential purpose. And after that happened, he had his first conversion. He had his first, quote, success. Once he fully gave his garden to God. Matter of fact, the fruit grew so abundant, it's written, that Otto began exporting it and growing other types of fruits like bananas. His village became the most evangelized in the whole region. Yet for that first seven years, he had not one single convert. Such a powerful message. Because what he realized is something each of us need to realize. He realized his purpose. He realized his reason for being alive. He realized his uh, his reason for being in New Guinea. He realized his reason for planting and harvesting. He realized his reason for existence. That is what existential is about. It is about your existence, your essence, your entire reason for being. We'll be back in three minutes.
9: Hello, I'm Mark Stoman, President of WNAV Audiovisual. WNAV Audiovisual provides equipment and technicians for events of all sizes, from a handful of people to large ballrooms and convention centers as well. We also provide installation services for churches, schools, and corporations. No matter how many people are at your event, WNAV has the technicians and expertise along with the equipment to make each event successful. Audiovisual services include equipment such as sound systems, microphones, projection systems with screens, laptops, draping, lighting, and all the related equipment and also web streaming services so your meeting can go beyond the four walls of your space. WNAV Audiovisual where your meeting is our business
7: And I've been encouraged and I've been excited and I've been given energy. Honestly, this did something for me that none of those ever did. And I'm not sure ever could because it presented to me some methodologies and some practical principles that I had never learned. And it has made a tremendous impact on my life. Change the course of your life by attending the next Like It Matters Leadership Awakening in Richmond, Virginia, August 23rd through the 25th. Go to likeitmatters.net, click on Schedule for Leadership Awakening near you. Leadership Awakening. We don't take applicants, only commitment.
8: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy, Mr. Black, and today... We are talking about existential. If you miss any of this radio show, just go to likeitmattersradio.com. Likeitmattersradio.com. And you can listen to this and uh, many other archived um, blogs, uh, video blogs, audio blogs, whatever you call those things now. Uh, Actually, call them podcasts. My apologies. My wife now is laughing because this guy knows nothing about technology. Yeah, I do, honey. They're called podcasts. I get it. The word Existential combines two words, existence and essence. You got to get this. An existential question is a question concerning the essence of what it means for you to be alive. In other words, what is the meaning of your life? What is the, the meaning, the essence of your existence? Who are you essentially? What is your true nature or essence? In other words, what is your true identity? If today was your last day on this planet, how would you know if your life was a success? That's what we're talking about with existential. And the way that that's usually manifested or expressed is through something called a mission statement. A mission statement consists of three things. It's who you are. It's what you do. It's the quality in which you do it. This is really important. You need to have a mission. Why would you go on a 1,000-mile journey without a roadmap? Why would you go to your monthly grocery shopping without a grocery list? The journey of a 1,000 miles begins with a single step and a roadmap. You would never go on a long-term journey without a guiding mechanism, without a GPS, without a map, without instructions, without um, a, a, a helper on the phone line guiding you. That's what a mission statement is. It gives you a reason to get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day, and do it again and again and again. And I want you to think of, there's a lot of people struggling with existential issues. Most people I see are walking around without a purpose. It's an existential issue. What's wrong with America today? It's an existential issue. There is nothing, that we used to call things common sense. But there is no common sense anymore because we're not a common people. We've lost our purpose for existence. Now it's all about us getting everything we can, about me getting all my rights on this planet, about me getting what's fair, about me. It's, we've lost our existence. We have an existential problem going on. We have it in our, in our political parties. We have it in America. We have it in our families. And that's why I believe that if we're going to truly change our country to go back then we must change our thinking. You know, uh, about uh, I've, I've been doing what I do for 25 years. And in 2011, uh, because of the economy, I had to shut down my old company, Empower You, uh, and rolled it into Like It Matters, the company is today. And here's what I wrote For the last 20 years, I've provided some of the most powerful leadership training available. Over that time, I've learned in the classroom of experience, in the trenches of the hearts and souls of our graduates. I've helped engage leaders in the battle against mediocrity, against good enough. I have been a warrior fighting to help others believe in and create a culture that allows its members to live their lives with a mindset that belies good enough. I have helped to rise up culture warriors who are fighting the good fight with passion, commitment, purpose, and vision. Over that time, we have learned the pattern of success. We have created a model culture in our transformational trainings that allow individuals to get closer to the potential than they have yet to reach in their lives. Leaders experience a culture of vision, purpose, passion, focus, commitment, teamwork. Once they experience this at the cellular level, they are forever changed. Empower You was instrumental in developing and mastering these trainings. Over the years, we've impacted over 10,000 people, and their lives are better today for the connection. The weakness was always the post-process follow-through. It was hard to continually be on fire for our lives. This was always the shortcoming of the great processes we delivered at Empower You. As my personal desire to fulfill my mission, it is time to recalibrate and refocus and to start anew and raise the bar. It's time for me to walk with leaders after and between leadership classes. Empower you, sun is setting. The doors will be closing. From the obituary of EU, Like It Matters has risen. The sun is rising on Like It Matters. My goal is to use the vast knowledge, experience, and training of the last 20 years as a catalyst to continue the pattern in their personal and professional lives. The difference is now to use our transformational leadership training as a piece of the process, not the end sum of the process. Where Empower You fell short, Like It Matters will come into being and fill the gap. And that is where this radio show came from. I didn't seek it out, didn't find it, but knowing what my purpose was, knowing why I was here. All of a sudden, the radio show presented itself over three years ago. And now to this day, someone goes through our leadership training at likeitmatters.net, and then they got a daily radio coach, Mr. Black, who helped them grow, who helped them overcome, who helped them get their mission. And if you don't have a mission for your life, you need to. And if you don't know how to do that, email me at Mister Black at likeitmatters.net, m-r-dot-b-l-a-c-k at net. Or you can go to just likeitmatters.net and check it out. But I'd love to hear from you. I can help you. I know why I'm here. I know what my purpose is. I know why I get up each day, do what I do, go home at night, get up the next day, and do it again and again and again and again. you got to get this. We Some of us have to see it to believe it. But some of you, i got to tell you right now, you got to, you know, bass backwards. You've got to believe it in order to see it. And that's why I have a mission statement. Think about this. If I was to ask your best friend in the world to give me five words to describe you, what would you want those words to be? Mother Teresa, it's service. Gandhi, it's peace. Winston Churchill's leadership. And for Mr. Black, is to help people maximize the potential they were created with, to help them become everything they were created to be in their life. So you are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you to be more hopeful about your future, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. Enjoy the music and welcome to the world of Mr. Black.
2: Dot com. You have nothing to lose. Call their office in Egan for your free consultation. I Ineedmorehair.com. Experience you can trust. Prices you can afford. Get the permanent solution to your hair loss at Ineedmorehair.com.
8: Hi, this is Scott Black, host of Like It Matters Radio. Heard weekday mornings at 9 on Wellness Radio, KDIZ, Golden Valley.